Before we get started today, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is being recorded online, so the audio will sound a little different. Kia ora and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. I'm Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My very special guest today is our first international guest, Elsa Juarez, and I hope I pronounced that okay. Yes. Thank you. Elsa, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? I've studied modern languages at the university, and I am a fan of Jane Austen and of other English authors as well, some Spanish authors. And since I've read several of her novels, of Jane Austen novels, and I've met just by chance this group, this institution, commenting on Jane Austen, this is why I've tried to meet them, and they've been very, very very nice to accept me, and I've attended several of their meetings. It's been a very, very motivating experience, and this is why I thank them for for their help. Today we're going to be discussing Letter 9. Letter 9, Mrs. Johnson to Lady Susan, Edward Street. My dearest friend, I congratulate you on Mr. de Courcy's arrival and advise you by all means to marry him. His father's estate is, we know, considerable, and I believe certainly entailed. Sir Reginald is very infirm and not likely to stand in your way long. I hear the young man well spoken of, and though no one can really deserve you, my dearest Susan, Mr. de Courcy may be worth having. Mannering will storm, of course, but you may easily pacify him. Besides, the most scrupulous point of honour could not require you to await for his emancipation. I have seen Sir James. He came to town for a few days last week and called several times in Edward Street. I talked to him about you and your daughter, and he is so far from having forgotten you that I am sure he would marry either of you with pleasure. I gave him hopes of Frederica's relenting and told him a great deal of her improvements. I scolded him for making love to Mariah Mannering. He protested that he had been only in joke, and we both laughed heartily at her disappointment and in short were very agreeable. He is as silly as ever. Yours faithfully, Alicia. It shows the character of these two ladies. Well, they are, it doesn't matter who, who they marry, if they marry, if he marries the daughter, if, if he marries the mother. The daughter is very young. She is um, in a convent, in a, she is at the school, and she has improved a lot. So it means the daughter is perhaps a teenager, according to this letter. And of course, he's not of age. But she's improving a lot and they are going, they try to marry whether the mother or the daughter. It doesn't matter because they are after money, they are looking for husbands. The marry, uh, the mother is, is a widow, has widowed some months ago. She's after this one, the Mr. De Corsi, because it seems that he's very rich and his father is infirm and is not going to last long and be in the way, in her way. I hadn't picked up on what you said, that yes, to Sir James, it doesn't matter which of them he marries, he would marry either of them with pleasure. But you made a really good point that to them it doesn't matter which one of them he marries either. Well, to Lady Susan it doesn't matter, we don't know at this point what Frederica thinks about it. It seems that, according to this letter, uh, Lady Susan has another relationship to man warring. Man warring, according to this letter, seems that he's not free, uh, so that he's not free at all. Perhaps uh, he's been married, according to this letter, and of course uh, she cannot wait so long for him to divorce. 
So James, it seems that he's a little bit uh, silly, but it doesn't matter because he's, he's very rich. Mr. Mannering is married and the only way that he could be emancipated was by his wife dying or by getting divorced. But the divorce seems really unlikely. He's having an affair, but that's fine. The only way you could get divorced, really, was if your wife was having an affair. Because it's all about the guy, right? And it took an act of parliament to get divorced and only about five divorces went through each year around this time. So it was a really, really big deal to get divorced. So most people didn't. The really callous way she talks about these guys, marry Mr. DeCourcy, his father's sick and the estate is entailed. So, you know, no one can deserve you, but he might be worth it. He's worthy. He's worth. Well, according to Alicia, Lady Susan is very worthy. She deserves the best of the best. But of course, Mr. De Corsi wouldn't be bad at all because his estate is quite considerable and his father is going to die soon. And apart from that, they are looking for husbands for the daughter because the daughter is going to leave the, the school. She's, she's a teenager. And of course, if, if the mother doesn't marry... Sir James, the daughter can marry him. Doesn't matter which one. The family. Yes, everything is in the family. I should point out why it's important that she wants Sir Reginald to die because Mr. De Courcy currently doesn't really have any money. He won't until his father dies and then he inherits all the money in the estate. You only want to marry Reginald, Mr. De Courcy, if you know that his father's going to die. Otherwise, there's not much point because he doesn't have any money of his own. But the crazy Uh thing, right, is she's only just met Mr. DeCourcy. The previous letter mentions she's known him for a fortnight. And here, her best friend is saying, well, we hear good things about him and he's got money, so you should just marry him, even though you barely know him. And apart from that, they say the information I have about him is the best of the best. People talking and talking, there is a lot of gossip because they live in a, in a, say, outside the city. They are not living in London. They are living in West Street and in Churchill, which is a, a small village. Well, and there is a, a lot. They, they visit each other. There are lots of parties. There is a lot of talking, a lot of gossip, and everything is controlled by society. It seems, even at this point in the novel, that... Lady Susan lives a little outside of the rules of society, like she doesn't care what the rules are? Well, she does what she wants, but apparently she obeys society or she respects society. Even though she does what she prefers and what she wants, she has a relationship with a married man, but of course in a very distant way and without showing too much. She's not a coquette. This is not France. This is England. The word coquette is used for her earlier in the book. Can you tell us a little bit about that word? Um, she's a coquette because she's a very in- she's very intelligent. She flirts a lot with people without um, being too much, without having a lot of compromise and keeping them at arm's length in order not to lose face. Her conversation is very interesting. She's very beautiful for her age because she's older than 30. And at that moment, a woman who was 30 is was quite old. But even though she's very attractive, she's as, as attractive as her daughter, at least, she can attract 
two men at a time. Mr. De Corsi, who's a young man, a younger man, 10 years his her junior, and Man Waring, who's married to a rich woman. And Sir James, who will have either her and, or her daughter. Well, I'm going to be a spoiler. I'm telling uh, which one is she going to marry, <laughs> if she marries at all. If she marries at all, perhaps she's not, she's not going to marry, but who knows. Do you like this novel? Yes, I like this novel because it was one of the few novels I haven't read by Jane Austen. The only one I haven't read is Persuasion. I read Persuasion in the near future, of course. Sadition, Sadition, I haven't read it yet, even though I had the the book at home. This book was published many years ago. I have the same copy, actually. That's funny. I have two copies. I've got the same one. Would you like to tell people where they can find you online if they'd like to get in contact? Yes, yes, yes. This is why I've, I've written my, my Twitter account. So your Twitter is pepitaj39978396. Yes, yes, yes. And I will put a link to that in the notes. Can you tell us why you've used that name for your Twitter? Uh, well, it was just by chance because with my friends joking, my alias is Pepita. Because it's a very Spanish name and is the title of a very optimistic novel in the realism written by Juan Valera. Well, it's a classic, a Spanish classic. I like it a lot. Well, it's one of my favorite books written in Spanish. I like this character and this is why my friends call me Joking Pepita. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com. On Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan, on Instagram at Francis Duncan Does. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!